Good morning to all. My name is Yanis Harizopoulos, and I'm a, I'm a partner uh, in the Athens office of uh, McKinsey. But before I get started my presentation today, I brought some slides. Uh, I wanted to uh, thank you for the opportunity uh, to be here and to present in such uh, an esteemed uh, audience. Um, as many of you know, McKinsey has been in Greece in, for the past 20 years. In addition to um, the work that we do, helping our clients improve their performance in good times and in bad, we also spend a bit of time mostly doing pro bono work, reimagining the future of, uh, of Greece and the development model of the country. Uh, some of our work, as you may know, includes our uh, Greece 10 years ahead, where we looked at uh, 14 sectors. Um, we looked at the barriers to competitiveness, uh, came up with a, a list of suggested reforms and also the investment required to move forward. We've done some work in the tourist sector trying to revamp the um, tourist product as we have and designing and launching market in Greece. And we've been working with some creditors and shareholders in, in looking at sectors and trying to, uh, to see what it would take to restructure them and restore uh, viability. Today, the objective of my presentation is to share with you a few thoughts about the importance of investments for Greece and how to trigger a virtuous cycle, a self-reinforcing mechanism to bring money into the country and help us put on a more sustainable um, growth path that will get us back to the pre-crisis levels faster. So, we talked a little bit about this morning um, about the recovery and actually with the occasion of the uh, of the exit of uh, the MOUs from the MOUs back in August. Um, the question is, is there an opportunity for the country to, to turn the page and are we back on the, uh, on the growth path, right? And, and the answer is, is yes, but, right? We have, um, we have a large uh, surplus, over seven billion. Yes, we managed to achieve that. But the way we got there with, was with um, overtaxation and a reduction of our uh, investment program, a reduction of income, and we'll see some other recessionary measures. Our, um, our recession uh, bottoms up, but our recovery is, is, is still fragile, it's patchy, it's subject to shocks uh, outside of Greece. And unfortunately, it's been driven, as we see later on, by a wrong model for Greece, we believe, that relies a lot more on consumption, less on investment. Our tourist arrivals are up, right? And we keep on celebrating this. Yes, this is really good news, but if we look at the average spend per visit comes down. And yes, our banks have survived, but they're facing a mountain of MPLs to go through. So it's a bit of a more sober reading. There is recovery but the path ahead of us is fragile because some of the fundamentals we believe are still not there. We talked about this earlier this morning. I'll just leave it there for just a second because every time I look at this, I keep on being amazed of what we've achieved. We started with the uh, deficit of 24 billion, right, back in 2009. And look at that. In just four years, we achieved a primary balance surplus. In five, five, six years, we actually managed uh, to have a total balance surplus. An amazing achievement. You all agree? What I wanted to spend more than a minute, though, is how we got there, right? 
how do we cover this ground from minus 24 to plus 7.4? And if you look at the mix of what happened in the past 10 years, you'll notice there was an increase in taxes to the tune of 13 billion, which was mostly wiped out by the decrease in the income. And then, of course, to cover the lost ground, we had to reduce social benefits, we reduce employee costs, and the thing that worries me the most is that little box at the end, the 7.5 billion, which was a reduction in our public investment program. So you agree with me that some of these measures that we took, we had to take them, we had to take them fast, but they're a bit recessionary. So yes, going forward, we're gonna grow. But how long will it take us to actually get back to Greece as it was before the crisis. I remember I moved to Greece back in 2006 in my early 30s, and I wonder how long I have to wait, how old I'll need to be to see the country that I, uh, I saw back in 2006, 2007. Now, if I take the consensus of the various institutions and, and analysts, right, that are giving us about one and a half to two percent per year, we're gonna need to wait anywhere between 15 and 18 years, assuming there's no accident. Adding to that, the 10 years of the, um, of the crisis that we've been in, unfortunately, I'll, I'll have to, to wait to be 60 years old to, uh, to see the Greece that I saw when I first came back. Now, the amount of time can become shorter if we somehow manage to increase the growth, right? If we, if we manage to deliver something that looks like a 4% per year, we'd be needing seven years. It's just math, right? But in order for us to understand if such a rate of growth is, is, is achievable, it's probably worth taking a second to actually see what drove this reduction, right? And then you can see there was a big decrease in the private consumption and public consumption. And there is a major, major, major deficit in terms of investments, both in terms of corporate, household, and government investments which was offset by net exports, but, but this, is not, this is not driving exports up. This is mostly reducing imports. And that's how, that's how we got where we are today. And unfortunately, and that's the point I was trying to make before about the sustainability of our path to recovery, we're actually deviating from the target model that we thought of when we did our 10 years ahead type of work. If you see, back in 2008, before we entered in the crisis, our GDP relied on consumption, right? Private and public, 88%. Investment was at 25%, of course, net exports were at minus 13. Now, the target model, the way we had envisioned Greece going forward on a sustainable path to recovery that's gonna deliver fast growth, had a, dip, a bit of a different mix. Right? We wanted to see consumption still being an important factor, right? but to the, uh, to the tune of 70 to 75%, investment 25 to 30%, and net exports around 0.5%, 0 to 5%, I'm sorry. Now instead, as we're exiting the fiscal adjustment programs and where the economy is in, in 2017, the consumption component of the GDP has slightly increased. The investment is half of the way there, and the net exports are, are, are break-even, right? 
Now, we have a big investment deficit to cover. If you look at what's happening, what was happening in Greece in the early 2000s, up to the years leading to the crisis, we used to have average annual investments of about 40 billion. What happened during the crisis is this amount was cut in half. Today, we're running an annual, we estimate it to be, 19 to 20 billion of investment. And in some of the work that we have done, we've actually seen where this money should go, right? With, with um, two thirds going to the, um, uh, some of the key sectors for the Greek economy and the remaining going to some of the smaller ones, the rising stars. So, so we, we, are, we are actually running a massive um, investment deficit. And it's the only way for us to move forward. Now, how do, how do we do this, right? Because investments, you can order them, you can't advertise them, right? You need, you need to create the preconditions for them to, for them to come. And there is, there, is, there is quite a bit of money in the sidelines that's waiting to come in here. But, um, but some of the preconditions um, are not there, or there are some impediments that are, that are pending. One, one of the things that um, a lot of our clients are looking at, and, and, and some of the corporates and investors are telling us, is you know, they want to see this political volatility and uncertainty, I mean, which is normally going to be triggered by the national elections and the presidential elections, uh, to go through with this, right? Uh, when I decide, you know, if I'm going to invest in a country or not, I, I make my huge spreadsheet, I make some assumptions. I want to make sure that these assumptions actually are going to be valid the day after. Then there is limited financing from the banks. Um, we're going to talk about this a bit later, but um, the MP burden, the fact that deposits have not really come back, uh, they're putting quite a bit of strain on the financing of these investments. Now, the foreign investors are waiting for the Greeks to invest. And many of the Greeks are not investing yet, partially because financing is not available, partially because they're not certain, right, about some of the um, um, developments going forward. And with the financing being limited and, and some of the Greek investment not being released, the message that's coming out to the foreign investors is not encouraging. And then finally, there are several examples of, of, of large investment product, uh, projects that um, due to inefficiencies or lack of a, of a, of a business-friendly environment have not materialized. So what do we do? Let's just get to what we do. So our thesis is that in order for us to enter into an investment virtue cycle, and a sustainable and fast path to growth, we need four components in the circle of economic recovery. The first one is the creation of economic space, of fiscal space. That's the breathing ground for us to help us spend money in a way that's going to trigger consumption, that's going to trigger demand and trade, and, and is going to um, give uh, some acceleration to growth. The second part of, the, um, of this virtue cycle is using taxation as a tool for economic development. And before you raise any eyebrows, we'll give me a few minutes later on to, uh, to explain what we mean by that. 
The third part is the um, restructuring of corporate MPLs. And then finally, the fourth part is the, um, the bottlenecking of the large investments, yeah? So now let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, each one of them. A couple of minutes. Yeah. So we need, we need a bit of, of breathing ground, right? Some, some, um, some fiscal space to finance uh, some of the growth, uh, social growth development policies and social policies. Now, the only the only way to do this is not, you know, through waiting for a debt forgiveness program or for some primary surpluses imposed to us um, externally. Uh, actually, the only way the only way of doing this is 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 through taxation. We're not saying we need to pay more taxes. We're just saying we need to have more people paying less tax, right? We need to, to work on identifying um, tax evasion and increase compliance. In, a, in an era that, you know, Facebook and Google knows, um, you know, what you're doing, what island you're going on vacation and the bombard you with advertisements, there are, you know, widely used proven methods for identifying tax evasion and, and, and driving compliance. We do a lot of work with the uh, for example, the Israeli uh, Internal Revenue Service that's using advanced analytics to identify these cases. You know, advanced analytics can help you not only identify uh, the cases that people are, are evading taxes, but also scoring them about the difficulty and the probability to actually uh, get to them. Now, imagine if we somehow, if we estimate, for example, that there is 10 to 15 billion of, 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 of lost tax revenue and managed to capture 30% of that, and somehow we had five billion. Imagine what we could do with this five billion. And that's part number two, using taxation as a tool for economic development, right? We'll take care of our public investment program for the next five years. Um, we, can, we can stimulate job placement uh, for uh, tens of thousands of unemployed youth, right? By, uh, you know, contributing some of the insurance benefits. We can uh, go for a model like uh, in Finland, right, and, and, and give a 500 euro sort of monthly income to 800,000 households. We can give tax holidays for large investments. We can give tax incentives to banks to proceed and accelerate with the, um, with the, um, the write-offs. All in all, we can actually give a breather to the economy to start stimulating it again. Because remember, we talk about investments, but most of the investments require also domestic demand right, for this to happen. So this can actually be a helpful factor to driving this demand. Finally, we have the issue of the NPs or the NPLs. How many of you have seen this, actually, these numbers here? What we're looking at, right, is we're looking at the companies that are either, you know, greater than 20 million of turnover or have more than 10 million in exposure, right? In Greece, there is about 1,100 of them, yeah? Out of these 1,100 groups, actually, not companies, just groups, about 450 of them are actually not in a very good shape. They're in dire need of restructuring. And this is not only financial restructuring, right? This is also operational restructuring. These are companies that are employing about 100,000 people. They contribute about 15% of our GDP. These are companies that are not expanding, they're not investing, they're not recruiting, and they're actually trying to survive sometimes within the sector, creating some anomalies. So we need to take care of that. How do we do this? 
I mean, the question has been around for a very long time. Everybody understands the importance of taking care of this, right? I mean, we need to, why, why has this not happened so far? Especially reflecting a little bit on our, on our, on our turnaround work. I mean, there are, there are impediments in the collaboration of creditors and businesses when, when, a, when a company goes bad. The former shareholders, yeah, um, are still required to provide consent for restructuring plans. So the same shareholders and management that drove the company into the, uh, the state that it is now, they often take advantage of the, uh, the CRE court system to delay the imposition of uh, restructuring plans. And finally, and I think more importantly, people driving decisions in, in the banks, in the creditors, are actually, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're a bit hesitant to make generous decisions. They prefer to let the company take its route rather than proposing very strong uh, restructuring plans, sort of eliminating all the uh, um, viable um, uh, debt. And no one is to blame them, right? I mean, these companies over there, these 450 companies, they have a component of viable debt that they can pay, and there's a component of non-viable debt, which is equity for the test purposes. This switch needs to happen faster than what's happening today. Finally, we need to de-bottleneck and speed up um, the, the support for some of the investments. Investments have been happening, as you can see here, some indicative figures. But we also, and, and a lot of steps have been taken, including the, the fast track and some of the legislation, starting new companies and whatnot. But we need to increase the services to businesses. A lot of work, like I said, has been done, but, but in, in the eyes of the World Bank, we've actually been coming down in the ranks of, of, doing, of ease of doing businesses in, in, in Greece. We are down to 72 from 67 in 2017, only ahead of Malta when you look at the EU28. We have done work to accelerate starting up a new business, right, for private capital business, the IKE, but we need to take this work and expand it throughout this life cycle of the businesses, including licensing um, and, 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 and other legal entities that are, that are beyond IKE. Then we also need to bottleneck the judicial process. This is super important. The Council of the State is getting burdened by a lot of, of, of different cases. We need to uh, that result in delaying some of these investments and, and at the end canceling them. We need to maybe create another department in the Council of the State, establish a mechanism to prioritize these cases and make sure they cannot be used um, to throw the ball to the bleachers. And then finally, we need to digitalize the, in, the interactions with the, with, the, with the government. Anywhere that we use a, a piece of paper, we need to replace it digitally. I'm wrapping up in a second. I just wanted to share with you that last year we made the point that part of the growth of Greece comes from the re-industrialization of the country. It's important that some of these interventions in terms of licensing, planning, and extraventions actually focus in the industry. Some of them include licensing like one permit approach or one-stop shops, simplification of the environmental impact assessment framework, acceleration and practical implementation of special planning, so on and so forth. So wrapping up, four parting thoughts with you. One is the worst is over, but the fundamentals are not yet there for a fast and sustainable um, recovery. Second, returning 
to the, to the pre-crisis levels of GDP, you know, if we go the way the consensus is uh, forecasting that we'll go, it's gonna take a long time, 15 to 18 years. So we must do something faster to accelerate growth. Investments is the way to, to do it. The economic model needs to shift away from over-reliance on consumption towards investment and export. And then we need to put in place a virtuous economic circle by creating fiscal space, using taxation for economic development, addressing the MPLs, and removing any investments impediments. Thank you very much.